Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. You remember that on this podcast, our focus is on the practical side of ministry, of leading a church or a ministry organization, uh, being an elder, a deacon, someone who's responsible for a youth program, maybe someone who leads a nonprofit. If you're involved in Christian leadership, if you bear the title ministry leader, whatever your task is, this podcast is for you. Now today, I want to talk about taking risks, managing failure. Taking risks, managing failure. As we roll into a new year, it's essential that you as a leader are willing to take risks. But the hard reality is, if you're going to take risks, you're likely also going to experience some failure along the way. So let's talk about taking risks, managing failure. One of the most well-known stories in the Bible is the story of Jesus walking on the water and inviting Peter to join him in the stroll. Peter climbed out of the boat and started walking toward Jesus. The story says Peter lost focus and began to sink. But there's one part of this story that you just simply can't overlook. And that is at least Peter got out of the boat. Peter got out of the boat. He was willing to take the risk, to step over the side, to go where angels fear to tread, to do what seemed completely impossible to everyone else, to do what no one else in the boat was apparently willing to try. Peter got out of the boat. That story illustrates leaders take risks. We see Jesus calling us forward and we're compelled to move toward him. We aren't content to sit safely and watch other people take risks. Leaders get out of the boat. And that's what I'm challenging you to do today on this show. I'm challenging you to get out of the boat, to take a risk, to go where no one else will go, to do what no one else will try, to make an attempt at something that you really believe Jesus is asking you to do that may not make perfect sense to everyone around you and may make people wonder about your judgment or your sanity. But nevertheless, you're convinced it's the right thing to do. You decide to get out of the boat. Probably the most significant risk that I took as a younger leader was when I moved our family to Oregon to plant our church. We moved to Oregon in 1989, leaving a stable church in the Midwest that had a small staff, money in the bank, a nice future uh, laid out for it. We, We saw all of that there, and yes, it would have been very comfortable to remain in that context, but we decided, my wife and I, with three preschool children, to pick up, move to Oregon, and launch a church with four families in a middle school gymnasium. That was quite a risk. And yet, because of that risk, and no doubt other factors as well, our family have have become uh, a group of risk takers. Uh, Both of my sons have started companies. My daughter has married a church planter, and they've started a church. Um, My daughter, for example, not only uh, went off to college, but then went to graduate school. And in the context of all of that, developed uh, overseas opportunities, including an internship that she served at one point for five months in Iraq. Risk-taking. 
Our children have learned from the example, I think, of their father and mother that you have to take risks. You got to be willing to get out of the boat if you're going to experience new and remarkable and exciting aspects of life that God wants to unfold for you. Well, as I think about what it means to be a risk taker and to be a leader who takes risks, I think you have to look at it from two perspectives. First of all, let's look at it from the perspective of younger leaders. The challenge for younger or for emerging leaders is to risk wisely. I'm not talking today on the podcast about being haphazard or frivolous or flippant or careless. I'm not talking about any of those things. I'm talking about making calculated decisions to take appropriate risk, to lay out the options, consider the possibilities, to look at the scenario planning of what might happen, what could go wrong, what's the worst case scenario. I'm not talking about being flippant or frivolous or taking risks that are unnecessary or only designed to titillate us emotionally. I'm not talking about any of that. Younger leaders, emerging leaders, have to risk wisely, weighing carefully the cost, the risks, the benefits, the challenges, the opportunities, and then making the decision to take the risk. Now, let's look at it from another perspective. The challenge for, for maturing leaders or older leaders like me. The challenge for us is not becoming risk averse as the stakes get higher. You know, when I planted that church in 1989, I didn't put a lot of people at risk. I took our family, a few families that helped start the church. Yes, there was some risk involved for some of them. But if three months into that process, the whole thing had fallen apart, not too many people would have been too devastated. Now I lead a much larger organization with 150 employees and a multi-million dollar budget and tens of millions of more dollars invested in various uh, endowments and other kinds of uh, real estate holdings. Now we, I lead an organization that has a global reputation with over 10,000 graduates that have served all over the world. So now when I think about risk taking, the stakes are a lot higher. And quite frankly, as I've gotten older and as uh, the burden of this leadership role has gotten heavier, I have become more risk averse. I find myself saying, ah, let's don't rock the boat. Let's don't let's don't shake things up. Let's don't take too much risk here because of what we might lose. And so the concern that I have for myself and other leaders like me is that we become risk averse. We become comfortable in what we have and protective of who we are. And we become more concerned about preserving that which has been achieved thus far rather than risking to see what God might do remarkably through us going into the future. And because of all of that, we make the decision, no more risk. Well, these are the two perspectives that you have to avoid when it comes to deciding about risk-taking. So let's recap so far. I've challenged you to think about risk-taking as a part of what it means to be an effective leader. And we looked at the example of Peter, who, for all of his mistakes and all of his shortcomings and all of his foibles, was at least willing to get out of the boat that day. Leaders must get, must get out of the boat. And then when they do, they experience things that other people might think are crazy, unpredictable, uncertain, but they also experience God 
intervening in ways that would have never happened had they not taken the risk. Now, I've talked about the challenge, though. If you're a younger leader, the challenge is you got to choose wisely the risks you're going to take. And if you're an older leader, maturing leader, you've got to be careful that you don't become so risk averse that you find yourself fossilizing in the organization that you are and that you lead with no more change possible. Well, if getting out of the boat was one of Peter's best moments, you don't have to turn too many pages in the Bible to find one of his worst moments. His worst moments were when he denied Jesus. In the context of the crucifixion, Peter denied being with Jesus. He denied knowing Jesus. He cursed and swore his disavowal of any relationship with Jesus. And then a rooster crowed. That may have been the saddest sound ever heard in human history. When that rooster crowed, it was a clarion call sounding, announcing the worst failure moment in Peter's life. So this tells us something about what it means to be a leader. If you're going to take risks and be a risk-taking leader, you're also going to discover that you will experience some failures and you're going to be a leader who fails. Now, I'll admit that there's no direct connection between walking on the water and this example of Peter's failure at the end of his life. I'm not trying to make that point today. I'm just trying to show you that the same leaders who take these remarkable risks experience God in unusual ways and see unbelievable results as a result of their risk-taking. These same leaders are the same people who on a different day, in a different context, on another occasion, experience profound failure. Peter failed Jesus as a friend. He failed Jesus as a disciple. He failed Jesus as a leader. But Peter also failed himself, denying who he was and what he had been called to do in God's kingdom. And ultimately, Peter failed God. Now, as a leader, you may experience some profound failures that touch on all these points. You may fail as a friend, as a father, as a husband, as a wife. You may fail as a disciple or as a leader. And you may even fail yourself, denying who you are and the calling that you've answered and the responsibility or the task that you've been given. But ultimately, when you add all that together, you come up to the conclusion that you've also failed God. Well, as an emerging leader, you're probably very aware of your weaknesses. And let me assure you, as a veteran leader, I am absolutely aware of mine. We are going to fail. So what does that mean? Does that mean, well, if I'm going to fail, that means I need to resign. I need to step out. I need to never attempt anything else again, because if I'm going to be a failure, I might as well not even try. No, no, no. You can't think that way. You might also say, well, if I'm going to be a failure, I, I definitely don't 
want to ever take any more risks. I may keep the responsibility that I have, and I understand that I have to keep doing this job that I'm doing, but I'm just going to become super cautious and risk averse and make sure that we don't ever do anything wrong. I'm just going to close down on this particular, uh, these particular issues and make sure that nothing bad ever happens on my watch. Well, you can't do that either. You can't give up your responsibility and you can't hold on to your responsibility, but choke the life out of the leadership role that you have just because you're afraid to fail. You are going to fail. But the good news is you can manage your failures, manage them well, and you can overcome them as you continue the task and process of leadership. Now, let's talk about this second part of the show, and that is managing failures. Here's the good news. If you're a younger and emerging leader, you're going to fail less as time goes by. You're going to get better as a leader with focused effort and intense training and learning from experience and paying attention to wise people around you who give you counsel along the way. You're going to make less mistakes day by day than you made in the past. Man, this feels good. I've been leading so long now that I've actually learned a few things about what I'm doing, believe it or not. I look back on my earlier years of leadership and I see the mistakes I made with finance. I see the mistakes I made with personnel. I see the mistakes I made in missional focus and in program planning and in decision making about schedules and about other aspects of using different resources. It is not hard for me to look back over the life leadership career that I've had and pick out a lot of mistakes, but I've got good news. And that is that there's a lot more of them 30 years ago than there were last year. Uh, I've gotten better as a leader over time. So the first part of managing your mis- your failures that I want to encourage you with is that if you're a mature, uh, uh, an emerging leader, a younger leader, as time goes by, you're actually going to get better at this task of leadership and you're going to make less mistakes and you're going to have fewer failures along the way. But there's also some bad news, and that is no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try, you will continue to make leadership mistakes. You will continue to experience some leadership failures. You know, a number of years ago, on my 25th anniversary in the ministry, I decided that uh, I would do a reflective exercise over a period of days in my devotional time. And as a part of that reflective exercise, I would write a list of the things I had learned or the life lessons that had profoundly uh, come to me over those 25 years of being a leader. Turned out I only wrote down one thing, just one thing. Here's the sentence I wrote. I wrote, I thought after 25 years, I would be a better man. Now, that was on my 25th anniversary. I've just recently celebrated 40 years of being in pastoral and executive leadership, 40 years. And if I were writing an epitaph about those 40 years, I would write the same sentence. You know, I thought by now I'd be a better man. I I thought by now I would have solved some of these problems and gotten over some of these issues and fixed some of these mistakes and I wouldn't ever make them again. I thought by now uh, I, I, I would be sort of, if you will, uh, the perfect leader who had it all together. <laughs> that has not happened. Just simply hasn't. 
Now, as I said, over time, the good news for emerging younger leaders is you do get better. You learn things, you grow, and you develop. But the bad news is you're never going to reach perfection. You're never going to get to the point where you don't have any more leadership failures. Now, this is tough because, quite frankly, as I've already said, the longer you lead, the more responsibility you have, the greater your scope of influence, the more money and people that you're responsible to uh, care for, the greater the risk when you do make a mistake or you do have a leadership failure. And so, oh, sometimes that can seem so discouraging and be such a burden because you think, will I ever get it? And the answer is no, you won't. So what then should we do about this situation? On the one hand, we have to take leadership risks. We can't fossilize and determine that we're never going to change anything else because we don't want to ever fail again. We can't do that. We have to take leadership risks. But on the other hand, we recognize we're never going to get everything right. So how do you manage this tension, this dichotomy, this pressure point that you feel? Well, Here are some things that have helped me along the way. Number one, I am frail and I will fail is a statement of reality, not of prophecy. In other words, I'm not predicting that I am frail and that I will fail. And therefore, with some kind of self-fulfilling prophecy, dooming myself to negativity and to mistakes. That's not what I'm saying at all. But when I say that I'm frail and I will fail. I'm simply acknowledging the reality of my situation. Lord, I I, I know I'm not perfect. And Lord, I, I know I'm not going to get it right all the time. I'll just accept that reality about myself. I'll stop being a driven, legalistic perfectionist. I'll stop expecting of myself those things which I absolutely cannot deliver. And I will humble myself before you and acknowledge my frailty and acknowledge that I will fail. And because of that, have a deeper dependence on you, not not just a deeper dependence on you to help me get it right every time, because that's simply not going to happen, but a deeper dependence on you, even in the context of knowing that not everything that I decide or do is going to go well. So I start with this affirmation, God, I'm frail and I will fail. And I affirm that not as some kind of self-prophetic or self-fulfilling prophecy of doom about my own leadership, but instead as a statement of reality that brings me to a place of spiritual humility and devotion to God and a recognition of my need to depend on him, not just so I can get it all right, but so that I can depend on him even in the context of knowing I won't always get it right. But here's the second affirmation. The second thing that keeps me going and helps me manage this issue of taking risks and still failing is knowing that although I will never be perfect, God will use me anyway. You know, one of the wonderful things about the Bible is the honesty with which it portrays the people that are described in Scripture. Whether you're talking about David, who was complicit in a murder and committed adultery, or a Peter who denied Jesus three times, as I've already talked about here on the podcast today, 
Whether you're talking about Paul, who obviously had a temper and often exploded, even in his writings and uh, uh, vitriolic, uh, pointed, uh, you know, comments to other believers. And you're dealing with people that, uh, you know, like Abraham, who was sometimes duplicitous and on and on I could go talking about the people in the Bible who really had their flaws uh, exposed and frankly, uh, you know, memorialized for these centuries as their stories made their way into the Bible. But it's important to recognize how powerful that really is, because these leaders like Abraham and David, Peter, Paul, these leaders were remarkable men. They they changed the world. They did things that are still being written and talked about these centuries later. There, there's really no one like these people ever in, in the history of the world. And yet we look at them and we say, oh, but they failed. But oh, yes, they did. But don't forget, God also Use them. Man, this is so encouraging to me. It's so encouraging to look not only at Scripture, but to look at my life and recognize God uses people, even those who fail. That somehow taking risks, making mistakes, even experiencing failure, does not disqualify us from being used by God doesn't take us out of the game, doesn't put us on the shelf. Now, that's not the way I see life. I, I've struggled all my life with being a legalist, being driven, being a perfectionist. And quite frankly, when I've come up short, when I've been less than my best, when I've done something that I know didn't really work, when I've frankly failed, I just want to quit. I want to quit because I'm embarrassed because I'm frustrated, because I'm tired. But I want to be honest. I also want to quit sometimes because I feel like I've let God down. Well, when you feel that way, I think God would say to you, well, you know what? You, you did let me down, but that's all right. I forgive you. Get up, dust yourself off. We got work to do. Get up, dust yourself off. We've got work to do. The entire pattern in the Bible is of God using people to take remarkable risks, incredible risks, to do things like part the Red Sea. I don't think you've tried anything quite like that, have you? To do these remarkable, unbelievable things. And then those same people, just a few pages later in the Bible, are recorded in direct disobedience to God recorded doing something that was a complete failure as they attempted it for God, doing something that by every measure revealed how far they had fallen. And yet God would say to them, that's okay, get up, dust yourself off. I'm going to keep using you because we've got work to do. So it helps me if I first of all say I'm frail and I will fail. But then second, I remind myself, although I will never be perfect, God will use me anyway. And just because I've failed doesn't disqualify me, doesn't discount me, doesn't take me off the out of the game, doesn't put me on the shelf, doesn't remove me from the possibility that God will use me anyway. You know, who God chooses and uses is his business. If I were picking the teams, 
Uh, I'd probably pick them a little differently than God apparently did. I wouldn't have picked an adulterer or a, a person who was going to lie about their wife. Uh, I wouldn't have picked someone who's going to deny me and publicly curse me. I wouldn't pick these people to be on my team. And yet, God did. I'm constantly amazed at who God chooses and uses. Remember, God chooses and uses people like you to get his work done. So here's what we've talked about today on the podcast. Taking risks, <laughs> managing failure. On the one hand, I'm encouraging you as a leader to take risks. If you're a younger, emerging leader, take those risks wisely. If you're an older, maturing leader, don't become too risk averse. Part of being a leader is being willing to do what's never been done before, to try what's never been tried before, to go where people have never gone before, to see Jesus out there on the water saying, come on, I've got something for you. But to get here, you're going to have to get out of the boat. Part of being a leader is being willing to get out of the boat. But just like Peter sunk that day, just like Peter denied Jesus later in his life, we are, fa we are frail people who will fail. Rather than confess that as a self-fulfilling prophecy, however, we confess it as our spiritual reality that reminds us that even though we are frail and will fail, God still uses us. Although we're never perfect, God chose us and he will use us to get his work done. Failure is not usually fatal to ministry leaders. It can be a setback. It can be a learning experience. It can be humbling. It can be discouraging. But dust yourself off and get up. There's more risks to take as God uses you to get his work done. Think on it. Put it into practice as you lead on. <laughs>